0: It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day really at Sonic for a limited time you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja, crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken, and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included, limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bill there. Thursday, real ones. It's been a long time since we said that. Um, so long that I forgot to remind Raja the new recording time, and Raja was just sitting around on the thing. So it's my fault. We were going a little late. And by late, I mean like 8.51 Eastern or Pacific time in here. How you doing, Ra? What's going on? I'm like? good. Hey,
1: listen, I, I was just killing time, Manson, at the desk, um, figuring out what I could procrastinate on next like so crazy man i'm literally sitting here at the desk with shit to do no nothing but time because i'm assuming we got another half hour and and really finding other shit just surfing the web like i'm not whatever that is i need to do i'm just it's just constant procrastination so but i'm good other than that i'm good thanks
0: that's that's Literally me when I am writing any sort of draft or write or doing any sort of thing or doing anything that I just not ready to do. Like I <laughs> I'll be on the YouTube rabbit hole sub vicious oh just or like, like i'll just or i'll google something and then i'm like no i gotta i gotta look this up i got it's my i, I can't do it any other time I have to do it right now because it's only going to yeah. take two minutes and we're gonna and it winds up being two and a half hours of just yeah
1: serving. i've got this i i can relate to that totally and i'm i'm in a place now i think i have to start leaving this phone for, for for myself for my own sanity i'm gonna have to start leaving it at the at like the front door or putting it somewhere because yeah. i can't even get through like a good I love ga- I love games. Saturdays, Sundays, you know, basketball. I, I just love sports, bro. I grew up loving sports, and I find myself now like thirty minutes into something, being like, I'm I missed all of it because I'm on
0: this damn phone. No, it's been crazy ever since. Like I've been at the ringer. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell Justin Verrier. But like there be times where I just be just away from my phone watching sports now, bro. It feels great. Now that, like, I don't got to be tied to just, like, you got to be breaking news. You got to be doing all these things. Bro, I just watch sports and be kicked back and relaxing, dog. Like, it's, it's great. It's great to watch sports again.
1: I got to get back to that, bro. I, gotta, I just got to curb the, the habit. It's, be, it's becoming a little it's becoming a little aggressive. So that's, that's my goal for the next couple of weeks. You know
0: what you got to do, Raja? Talk to me. You got to lock in like these two guys that we're about to talk about have done throughout the... Preseason. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, let me paint the picture. You guys know the fucking vibes. So last night, some old friends just went off in two separate sides of the coast. Yeah. Um, Jordan Poole, where, who I just wrote a story about that you can read on the Um just uh, dropped 41 points of Madison Square Garden in three quarters, 29 of which were in the first half. Um, and across the coast, which is hilarious, Steph Curry hit a game-winning uh, three-pointer against the Kings and did the night-night celebration um, in a preseason game. What The funny part about this is I was at this game. And Smooth left at halftime because I said, this is a boring-ass preseason game. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I, I was like, bro, it was so bad. And honestly, I was talking to Third Eye Kai before the podcast, and I was like, I'm, I'm still glad that I left. I'm still glad that I left even after all of that stuff because it was <laughs> – I cannot pr- impress upon the the listening audience just how boring this preseason game was. And – it was it was it was bad. But like it, it made me think. Like there's two tracks of, you know, this story. Um there's the Jordan Poole um FU season that's about to come and commence, and then there's the Warriors season where they're trying to figure out what they are going to do. Raja, I know we talk about we don't talk about statements in the preseason. We know you made your statement against Michael Jordan. That is a recurring theme here. but if <laughs> can statements be made during the preseason, and do you think that these two games in their own way are just statements from these two players? Can statements be made in the preseason? Not really Logan,
1: but I guess if if you put some context with it, like if you have a body of work that like like in Jordan Poole's instance where we've we've seen him you know, in, in 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 flashes with Golden State, look like this offensive player that, you know, I've said before on this pod. It looks like his brain works different. Like he he creatively does things that it doesn't even look like anyone else in the league would be thinking about doing in this in that situation. Like he plays with this man, this creativity, this kind of crazy offensively. So you've seen those flashes um and for whatever reason, you know, all, all the circumstances surrounding Golden State last year, he, he couldn't really tap into that late in the season, but in that situation if he's coming out this preseason and he looks freed and he looks empowered and he looks comfortable and he looks aggressive, I think you could I, I think you could make a case for there being a statement made in the preseason. You know, generally speaking, I wouldn't say, "Hey man, a guy is scoring in the preseason, let's look for him." But if, if you've seen this guy do it before, you know it's there for whatever reason it, it wasn't working at the end of last season situationally. It didn't seem like a great fit, and now in in this preseason, he's doing what he did last night. Uh, you know, along with you know other things, he's he's going to be a problem offensively this year. What that translates into for Washington as a team, win and loss uh, wise, I, I don't know. But freed
0: to just have the ball in his hands and create, yeah, he's a problem. You know what I thought about when I was watching. I watched the highlights because I, I just... Cause it w- I will say this, that the Warriors game was weird because there was like a buzz about like, yo, what's Jordan doing? What's Jordan doing? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, because, you know, the East Coast games are like during West Coast games pregame. So like, you're kind of just like... You're, tr- you're, you don't, you have an eye on the rest of the league, but like you could, you kind of get your news about the rest of the league just from a buzz that's in the arena. Right. right? And so to start the game, it was like, I think it was going into halftime. It was like every, there was like people just like, yo, you, you heard, you see what Jordan doing the first half? Like what you see that shit? And what I, but so that was the first thought that I had about like the Jordan pool experience. 3000 miles away from us. And then the second one was, was something that you say, Roger, very frequently on this pod, where we talk about that there is a amount of points that needs to be scored on a given night for a basketball team, right? Like just people have to score these points. Um, And I was thinking about that with pool and not that he can't, he can't score those points. And he is a, is a victim or is a person that is just, Taking advantage of the fact that there's just a finite amount of points to score. Like, I think that he's a better player than just that. But how does he get from the point of, yeah, I'm scoring points because I can to I'm scoring what we also talk about in this podcast? I think the key for him is figuring out how to score in the context of winning, which is a totally different thing than we talk about. Right? There's it's, it's the difference between empty calorie points and points that are that were like we see with Steph to bring it all the way back, where it's consistently plays and points being scored that could that lead to winning. How does he get to that point, and what is what is the makeup that you have to have to get to that point?
1: Uh, that's a really deep question um let's start by saying like there's you know there are guys that come into the league that are penciled in as primary scores on championship level teams supposedly right like we we identify them as this coming in we're going to give them every opportunity to be this they'll have to prove that they they can't do that right um he doesn't fit that mold then there then there are guys that you don't really identify as that like um you know, they're, they're borderline guys. You're hoping they might, you know, materialize into that. Like, maybe they can develop. Um, you know, they keep playing their way into that role. And before you know it, they're like a one or a two, you know, on a, on a, on a good winning team. You didn't see that coming. I, and I don't know that he necessarily fits that mold, having been in the G League um, and coming from where he came from. So then then there's this small window of guys. And what you have to do when you're in this window in, or in this group of people is, is you know, you're going to have to prove that, over and over and over again that that you can come from where you came from which was no one thinking you were ever going to be able to do that um you know he he proved it to some degree with Golden State that he could be a contributor right and and be the offensive weapon from 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 you know night to night but maybe not every night right cuz consistency is what we're ultimately talking about like consistently you have to be able to do that for you to be the number 1 you know Jordan's done it in the in the space of and it is a pretty safe space of having Steph Curry, Clay, you know, multiple guys around him that, you know, if he's not cooking, they got it. It's not a problem. Like, that's the pressure that, that, is, that, that is alleviated by having those guys around you. I don't know that I could put it into words. And so now, you know, he's, he's trying to prove that he can take that ball and take this creativity and this bucket getting ability. Uh, on a team where he's the primary and do it over and over. And so what you have to do then is, I think for a guy like Jordan, you've got you got to be a little bit more physical um, because no one's shooting 55, 60% every every night as a, as a perimeter player in the NBA. Um, I shouldn't say 55, but I'm 65. Like you're not shooting um, that every night over the course of 82. So you have to be able to supplement. You got to get to that free throw line, right? And mm-hmm. trust me, the same way I say there are a certain amount of points that have to be scored, there are a certain amount of fouls that have to be called for any given team. Now, if you're out there floating around on that perimeter, jacking up 30-foot threes, you're not putting it on the ref shoulders to have to make those calls. So as that primary, yeah. you got to get a little more physical. You got to get in there and supplement on those off nights. That's the difference between a 25-a-night guy in a lot of cases, Logan, and a 16-17-a-night guy. That 25-a-night yeah. guy is getting free throws to the degree that when he's not shooting well, he can still mm-hmm. maintain that average. Now, they're both really gifted scorers, but that one guy who's going to say, hey, look, man, I'm three for 12 right now. This team needs me to have 25. It's, it's second quarter. I don't foresee myself getting hot. I'm going to just start getting at the rack in a way that these refs are going to get me up to my average. Not on, not on purpose. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to put the sure. onus on the refs to make these calls, which will allow me to supplement this poor shooting night. A lot of that goes into being a primary number one scorer, and that's the space that I think Jordan is going to have to mature into. Right? Like we know he can get hot and he can cook, and he's got this ability to see the game in a way offensively that not a lot of guys see it. But if that jumper's not falling, if those little floaters, you know, things that look super cool in the highlights, if that's not going down, can you get it? Can you get it at the mud? Can you get down in the you know whatever the dirty part of the game is that you would need to to play to get your team? Maybe not even in in a winning. Uh, space, but just close enough for one of your teammates or yourself to help pull it out. Like that's the primary's job. That's a number one scorer's job, and that's a big difference than than what he did in Golden State.
0: It's interesting because that it's I guess not to say that I didn't already know that as a, as a point of reference, but like it's it's crazy when you see every at least wing scorer for sure. Like I don't I, I'm not as well versed in big man and how they evolution how their evolution is, but. I think about a guy like James Harden early in his career, right? Like this is a, a, a definitely a comp because James Harden was a six man role in Oklahoma City before getting traded to Houston, and now like it, and one of the first things that he did was get to the free throw line. Not to say that he wasn't always a free throw line get tour, like that's that was his mo in in uh, OKC, but in Houston he just went to that to the max, right? Or like, I think about a guy like Dwayne Wade, who that was one of the things that he was great at. And I know Raja is looking at me and looking around like, <laughs> damn it, I, nightmares guarding Dwayne Wade over that <laughs> the bullshit pump fakes and all those, <laughs> right? And then Kobe's another example, right, yeah. of a guy that can just get to the – like, I remember – I forgot. There's some video, but there was like one of the guys defending him would be – the annoying part about Kobe was he would be a guy that could – um like say he'd be like one of whatever to start a game, right? One of eight. What He'd finish the game nine of 19, but then he'd also get to the free throw line in the second half, which would like drive people crazy. So I do like, when you say that, it's like, wow, I go back to those memories of those guys being able to do that. And that's that's going to be something that Jordan's going to have to figure out. Also, when I, when I, one of the other things that like, because I went to DC a couple of weeks ago to talk to Jordan. And one of the other things that like, I think that he has to figure out and also one of the things that he's trying to figure out is the leadership aspect of it, oh, right? Sure. And figuring that part out, right? Because he wasn't able to be a leader in Golden State and not even for like all the reasons that we all know and that are all public, but more of the fact of he's always going to be looked at as a kid to that 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 uh that locker room so in this new locker room where he's just the one that has to have an ex- the experience and all these 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 um he's supposed to teach now he's supposed to figure out how to be able to do that and one of the you know maybe concerns that um you know, Golden State might have had about him being the franchise guy is is he going to be that leader and is he going to step out of himself? Because the most important thing, and I want to get your opinion on this, the most important thing for a guy in Jordan's seat right now, it's not the scoring. It's not it's maybe not even the free throw line stuff. It is evolving into the face of a franchise and the CEO of whatever that locker room is. And that's what the question that I have for him, especially as the Wizards are not expected to win a lot of games. So how is he going to turn into that leader and face of a locker room? That's going to be the interesting part.
1: Well, that's a that's a great point. And maybe maybe I misunderstood the question, but you're you're 100 percent right. Like what, what I was talking about was more probably on the court. Like, how do you become that primary score in, in a situation where you're asked to do that in a winning capacity. But everything you just said is, is, is as if not more important, um, than on the court. Like you, you, and that is, you know, you won't, there's no magic pill for that. There's, there's just experience, um, and, and learning from mistakes and, and trial and error. And, you know, it's just like any other walk of, of life or any other segment, you know, a population some people can get that and some people can have those experiences and not learn from them. Some people learn real quick and figure it out and you only have to show them one time and they got it. Right. And you know, that person typically figures it out and they're successful. And then other people, you know, you're like, dude, you're making that same mistake again. Like this is, this is the third time. Like I shouldn't have to keep saying that to you. And so we'll, we'll find that out. We'll find it out. I think he's, I don't know him at all. I've never really even met him. Um, he seems like a an, an intelligent enough person. He seems he seems he seems thoughtful in a way like he clearly cares a ton about his craft and you you don't become that gifted offensively without being, you know, a complete gym rat. I've I've read, you know, about his dad was his dad a coach and he was just in the gym all the time and or he ran yeah. a gym or something like that and so, you know, that DNA is good because that's kind of how it starts, right? Like let's let's come into Washington. Let's not like Talk about it. Let's not be preaching to anybody because we came from a place like that's a turnoff. When you come in somewhere, or I felt it to be a turnoff, let me not speak for everybody, but when Logan came from a championship team to our team, and we might not have had that experience, and the first thing Logan does is start running his mouth about how we did it over there and how we did it over here. Like that turns me off, man. I don't want to hear that shit. Now, if I show up the first day and I think I'm early, and I go to get in that gym, and Logan's already out on that court. Well, Logan just showed me. Logan didn't tell me anything. Logan said, "Hey, I beat you all here," and and I'm gonna understand like that. Okay, that that's that's how we do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you go about it like that. Like, I'm not coming here running my mouth and talking about being a leader and and telling you how it it gets done on championship level teams. Let me put on. Let me show you guys how I comport myself. Let me let me be in this building before everybody. Let's hold myself to a higher standard than everybody. Let me make this coach feel comfortable in a space where he can be on my ass if something goes wrong and hold me accountable in front of the team, which gives him legs to be able to do it with everybody else. Like my my skin isn't that thin. Like, go ahead. If you need to holler at me, do that. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll take it like a man and I will learn the first time. You won't have to tell me two and three times. And when the rest of a team that may not necessarily come from a winning environment starts to see that, I mean, you are leading by example. And that's how you lead. Like nobody wants to hear you bumping your gums and talking that shit. Let's get out there and do it. You know, he'll play well, but everything you said is correct. You know, sitting in front of a microphone after a game when you didn't win and having the ability, even if you don't fully believe it was on you, to say, I got to be better. Do you know what I mean? And shield a Logan Murdoch or a Raja Bell from the the shit storm of media that that might come down on them if you throw it, on them, do you know what I mean? Or shield your coach, who may or may not be trying to figure out, you know, the ropes of being an NBA coach, from the criticism that may come if you lob that over there to them. Like, put that on you in a way that people get that. They look around and they know you didn't have to do that. Teammates yeah. know that that wasn't like
0: something that someone asked you to do. Like you, 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 fell on that grenade. There was. I was watching this Marshawn Lynch um, interview. It was on Club Shay Shay. It it goes right to what your point was. I don't know if you saw this clip, but it was basically talking, uh, Marshawn was basically talking about like one of his first practices at Cal, right? And Jeff Tefford, the coach at the time, uh, he was, he was, uh, was, this was a team, the Cal team when Aaron Rodgers was on the team. And so Marshawn comes into, uh, he comes into practice and Jeff Tefford's like, all right, freshman, let me see what you got. Like, let me see what you about to do, right? And um, Marshawn, they call it 24 power. I'm getting into your bag right now. Yeah. Rather, right. they call it 24 yeah. power. And, uh, I, it, the way it seems, it seems like he ran like a, uh, a, a 25 power. He went the wrong way. And Aaron Rodgers like gave him a, they gave him the ball, like, uh, like gave him the ball, like behind the back. Right. Cause he made a mistake. Right. Marshawn goes for a touchdown, but like his coaches are in his ass. Like, yo, what the fuck? Like you ran the wrong way. Woo, woo, woo. And Aaron Rodgers out of nowhere goes, Yo, man, no, that was my fault. That was my bad. Like, no, no, that was my bad. That, and then even the coach was like, what are you talking about, Aaron? I'm like, hey, rod what are you talking about? He's like, no, that was my bad. Like, I messed that up. And Marshawn was like, that was so big for him. You think
1: Marshawn is 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 miss, missing a blitz pickup for Aaron Rodgers after that, bro?
0: No. He's not. He's gonna do whatever he can to hold that dude down. Not only is he not giving up a a blitz pickup, if you if you need anything in Oakland, is good. Like uh, if well, you need anything around here, it's all good. I got you, bro. Yeah. On top on top
1: of that, but that what you're what, I mean that's leadership, right? That's 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 the understanding of the, the 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 position that you hold within an organization and the responsibilities of that position and 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 trying to live up to those so that everyone else can live up to their responsibilities within their positions, right? And the praise, the money, and all of that isn't always equal. And quite frankly, the responsibility for things that go right or wrong isn't always equal either. And the leaders that understand that, I played with dudes. Trust me, Logan, I I, I won't say names. I played with guys that were great in that space. And I played with guys who wanted all the bread, all the touches, all the everything, but if anything went wrong, it was your fault. Mm. And that's that's not a fun teammate to play with,
0: you know? Yeah, it's interesting because we're talking about leadership and I do want to bring this back to Golden State on their end, right? Because they do have great leaders and they do have established leaders, but I think it's, in a, it's in a different way because they are about, whereas Jordan's going to have to figure out how to build a culture, they're mm-hmm. tasked with sustaining a culture. And they, I think that as we evolve, it's going to, I can't wait to see how we dissect Golden State's leadership aspect, but I think we do need to acknowledge just the differences in how they have to do it, even in regards, I think Jordan's a great case study in this and by extension, Kevin Durant, where you have a championship team and a championship uh, striving team, it's much harder to maintain leadership in that aspect, or maybe it's a different type of leadership. It's hard to build culture in a place, but to sustain culture is a hard thing. I know from covering it in the locker room, Raja, and just like the level of egos that clash and, and all of these different things. Right. But why is it like you, we, you know what you've seen like throughout last year with golden state, how hard is it to sustain when you have already done so much and you're, you're trying to evolve into a new generation? How hard is it to sustain that leadership when, because I, 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 there was such a divide last year with just the, the with Draymond and by and then the young guys, right? Because of right. what happened, and it forced people to 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 choose sides in a matter that they really just didn't want to choose sides on. But that's just a, a a example of how you can of a different type of leadership. But how do you like if you can? try to mitigate that right like how because even the spurs weren't good great at it long term right how do you what is the, the, the utopian world how do you make it right
1: i don't have i don't have a great answer for that um but I, I i think the ideal situation for being able to keep a culture alive and sustain it for a long time is to stagger your your talent in a way It doesn't have to be generational talent, but you have to have people in the building that the baton can be passed to. So, so, you know, you can't have all your talent, all of your breadwinners and talent aging out at the same time. So they all kind of fizzle into not being like the, the best players on the team at the same time in a way that they haven't been able to raise anyone to take that baton and continue championing the culture. If that makes sense, it's kind of convoluted I'm lost in thought, but, The point is, like I want to have a Logan Murdoch who's been here for seven or eight years. He's in his prime. And then I get a young, you know, Roger Bell that comes up. Logan grooms him for for a while. He understands what it's all about. Like I get it. I've seen Logan operate in this space. I've waited my turn. And now Logan starts to go on the back end of his career, but I'm coming into my prime. So I'm keeping the standard alive in a way. You know, it could be a few of us, but but you're keeping that talent staggered in a way because what happened that allows you to, you know. Keep culture alive when you when you get an older player, you know. And I used to have this argument, um, you know, to some degree in in Utah when I was there with mm. with with Tyrone Corbin. He wanted me to be a culture guy, drive the culture yeah. right, and you could you could do your best in that space. Um, and and he always misunderstood what I was saying. I think to some degree the club did because they thought that I was saying this because i wanted to play more it's not what i was saying right i knew who i was as a player at that point but i'm not playing is my point i can only drive culture so much these dudes know they're better than me like they see it every day in practice (laughs) do you know what i mean like so yes they they're kicking my ass so there's only so much i'm gonna be able to give them now it can be really sage advice, really timely advice, and it can still have real value. But I can't be the overall leader. And it's not because you won't play me. It's because I'm not good enough to be anymore. So you got to find that in people that are out there putting on and and playing in a way that's that's really contributing to wins and losses. They've got to do the you know the, the majority of the leading, and then your vets like me, and you know it was Earl Watson at the time. Like the guys that are sitting over there playing a few minutes a game, or maybe not playing at all. We get in where we fit in as leaders. Like we're we tighten up sure. the nuts and bolts. We come through with the wrenches and the, and and we make sure it's all locked down tight. But we can't be
0: building. We're not building it anymore. I'm think you know it's funny, and just a quick aside. You know what I think when you say that I'm thinking about the Grizzlies this year, and I think like I'm I'm sure we'll talk about this on Monday. we Beck. back like just during our preview episode, but just like Derrick Rose is only going to, and we'll go back to the to the topic at hand, but like Derrick Rose is only going to be able to drive culture so much, you know, like Marcus Smart definitely plays, but that's the situation where you need your top dogs to be leaders. And that's it. Derrick, all I have to say, Derrick uh, Derek Rose at this point in his career can only drive culture so much, bro. Like you got to have it from the right guys. One other thing though, is, uh, just get it back to the Golden state and where you now they have Chris Paul there. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is a, that is a situation in which the war to, to, to your point about, you know, you have to groom a young person in that regard, the warriors failed. So they have to pivot and get a veteran in the fold. What is it? How hard is it? And I really am just asking this as a, as a real just observer, How hard is it for a veteran player with still tread left on his tires in this competitive ass environment? And you see a young guy who is brash and says, I'm about to go take that baton. Like, I'm going to go do it. Why is that always like, is that like a generational difference? Like, that's what you have to overcome when you're trying, when you're saying, yo, man, we got to groom these new guys because these new guys come, they're. no matter what generation you're in, there's always new guys. There's always right. this new generation, these little pipsqueaks that think they know everything and they don't know shit, right? But how do you overcome that? Because not only have the Warriors not been able to overcome that, the Spurs haven't been able to overcome that. Like they couldn't they couldn't do that with Kawhi as great as they were. You know, there was always the last generation versus this generation. Like I just don't know how you even overcome that when you do because with the guy, like I'm really surprised that the Warriors got a title considering how toxic that locker room was.
1: Yeah, that that's a that's a that's a really interesting look. Like, first of all, not all great talent wants to lead. Yeah, do Kawhi don't want to lead? Like I think he showed you that. It's not even a knock on him. That's just who he is. Like some personalities aren't interested in really leading, and so you know if you get this generational talent it isn't interested in leading a lot of cases that talent doesn't want to follow either and i've always said that's the scariest kind of player for me where he's so good you know what i mean that that you know you can't like outplay him or outwork him like he's just doing it. he's he's got you beating all those areas so he's better but he doesn't you know so he's not following but he's not leading he's not taking all those gifts and and like Leading the troops like that's a really weird place to be in and so I think in situations like that um you know that comes from outside the locker room you know it comes from the coaches' offices it comes from the you know the the executive offices from ownership how to do that like i don't have i don't have the necessarily the the right answer for that, but that's when you're that's when your 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 real leadership has to get involved and And drive culture in whatever capacity and whatever, you know, they can and whatever shade your culture is kind of colored in. Like they've got to do that when, you know, to sustain and keep the younger players and the younger talent and the ones that are being groomed understanding what it looks like until one of them, because inevitably one of them will be a leader. You just got to find him. You got to hope he's good enough as a player to be able to to really have some gravitas in that locker room and lead.
0: It, it takes a special kind because it's just so hard, right? And like, especially in Golden State's era, where um, you know they have three leaders, bro. They have Steph, Dre, and Clay, who are these guys that are just not only leaders, but it's like pillars of this organization, right? Like yeah. you gotta, they gotta have some rope and like bring other people into the fold and be like, nah. Like it, it takes a conscious thing that it's hard to do. So I do want to ask, like, I've seen a little bit of Golden State. I'm not sure how you've seen how much you've seen this preseason of them. I, I'm thinking of my guy, Tim Calcami. He's a, a favor, he's a big time columnist in the Bay Area, and we and him have this uh, running thing of like, is it going to work with Chris Paul? Right? Is it going to? And he's of the mind like, yeah, it's going to work. I am a bit more skeptical, right? Like, <laughs> as you know, as we've seen on this podcast, and I am sometimes itching, inching towards. Tim's point of view on this of like, oh, it could it could work because like I remember I watched the first couple of games. I watched the first home opener against the uh, the Lakers in the preseason, and then there's part, parts where you see, oh, there's fucking three Hall of Famers on the floor. Like there's there's Chris Paul passing it to Steph Curry, passing it to Clay Thompson for a wide open three, right? Like these guys are the, some of the smartest basket. Chris Paul is one of the smartest minds mm-hmm. to ever touch a, a basketball floor, right? And then you bring Draymond into this, who's also, no matter what you say about him, is one of the smartest guys to ever be on a basketball floor, right? And so you talk yourself into these things. And then there's other times where I'm like, yeah, this Chris Paul, but he's 38 years old. Like, he looks old. He right. does look old as a thing. I haven't wrapped my head around if how this is going to work. Do you... Where are you at even going into... You know, we had, we're we're less than a week into the the season. Where do you see it going at this moment? Are you doing the same ebbs and flows that I'm doing right now? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't even know if I, I just completely tell you, I have no idea.
1: I don't. I don't know. I typically and tend to think that really good basketball players that are all really cerebral. Uh, if you put them on a floor together, they'll figure it out, right? Like, and so from a from a on the court, how do we get down and how to play with each other? I think. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They figure it out now. The age is an issue. The injury history is an issue. Availability could be an issue. And what I can't, what I can't quantify or kind of figure out, like Chris Paul, is a leader. He's led everywhere he's been. It's kind of been his way. They've, they've, you know, he's preached the culture and led the culture and the drive. And so I can't figure out, and I don't know, and this will only you know, reveal itself as, as they get into the season, whether, you know, when he goes into that situation, he can, he can take a step back and just kind of fit into what's going on. And that's an easy thing to do when things are going well, when things are going well, again, I'm the new guy. I fit in, like, I'll do it. I'll, I, I got it. Here's what we're doing. This is what's going to lead to wins and losses. It only really rears its head. You know, uh, if it were to rear its head, it would be when things went wrong and does he then feel like, well shit, I don't have the patience to sit here and do it y'all's way. Let's get it, let's get it my way. Let me tell you how I think we should do it. And I I don't know. I I I just know he's a leader and he's a very strong personality. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen, but I I I know those two things. He's a leader and he's a strong personality. And how how that plays out in that locker room will remain to be seen. I tend to think they figure it out on the court. Um But I don't know, Logan, honestly. I mean, the long answer to your short question is I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah, man. There's so many questions with this, right? Like, even just the dynamic of—and I I don't know if I said this on the pod. I may have said it on the pod, but it's even the dynamic of, like, let's be real. You NBA players are fucking ridiculously competitive, bro, in just so many different ways, right? Like, it's just in life. Mm -hmm. And my concern—like— I'm only speaking for myself and how I see the situation. If you have a guy that you have continuously like had a rivalry with and beat. Right. Also, you guys are competitive and also you motherfuckers are petty. Right. Like if it goes (laughs) wrong, Mm -hmm. you guys, you guys aren't afraid to talk some shit, but like they see a guy like Chris Paul where he has always been an adversary for the warriors. Like from the beginning stages, you go back to like, there's a lot of, Coming of age against Chris Paul, even like in 2015, where Steph like shakes the shit out of him. Right. And like that, then the Warriors go into being this behemoth that they are. Right. And then you go into when they play against the Warriors, play against Houston and then they play against uh, just play against Chris Paul teams and continuously beat them and rebel in beating Chris Paul. So like if it, and I say all that to say in a locker room where if you have a disagreement and you'd be like, yeah, motherfucker, that's why I beat you and woo, woo, woo. And you're like, whoa, right? Because that is something that definitely happens. And I, it, it's going to be tricky when, sh- if, if shit goes bad, the blame game and we know, and all that's my concern about this locker room that if it does go back to it, they, they will be adversary. It's, it's cool right now because it's preseason, but if it gets to January and it's not working out the way it happens, like I am just concerned about that <laughs> happening in the locker room. I think those are, listen, I think those are valid points
1: and valid concerns. We just won't, <laughs> it doesn't mean they have to happen, but the, the potential is there. Like who knows? And so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. I also look, you didn't you know just from on the court. Like I, I thought that they needed to get, younger and more athletic in some of those areas do you know what i mean and so you know if i'm keeping it a buck that didn't check either one of those boxes either so so you know we'll just have to see
0: yeah no it's gonna be and they have a they have a tough schedule to start too man they got phoenix at home to start and then they gotta go on the road to sacramento where you know sac is waiting to kick their ass especially after last year you know and it's Sacks it's, Sac's, it's, Sac's, <laughs> it's Sac's home opener. it's opener. The beam mm. will be lit, mm. yo. I was in Sac a couple of days ago, and they still have light the beam, like banners all through downtown Sacramento, bro. The Holiday Inn off the freeway still has light the beam. So, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, let's hey, do it. Like, I, I like it. Basketball energy and Sac when they are good is a, it is a whole. <laughs> it's a whole vibe. It's a, it also like it's. I think I've appreciated it more now that I'm older. Like, I spent some time in SAC as a kid, like, even during – I remember when being in Sack when Robert Ory hit the three to mm-hmm. beat the Kings and just being like, like, just – but I still didn't appreciate just how much pride Sack has for, like, a team. And I think it even la- going to last year's postseason kind of just really sealed it for me because it's one thing when you're a kid to see it. But when you're an adult, you have some context, and you have context of how the city dynamics are and stuff, yeah. and you could s- see that – Bro, like, they, and also against the Warriors, if the Warriors are good, and just the dynamics of SAC versus the Bay Area, like, fuck you, you know? Like, we, I mean, we, we got love for y'all, but, like, fuck you. You guys are the big city, woo y'all talking all that shit, sticking y'all chest out. Like, there is that in there as well. Like, it has the potential to be a little rivalry. And, like, also, to your point about athleticism, the Kings got some athleticism, dog. They got some kids there that are going to run you out of the building. They have the, one of the fastest guards in the league. All I have to say, the Warriors' schedule is really tough. Like, you got KD first opening night, and then you got to go on the road with them the with them kids. and They're trying to run you out the gym, and they think you had them fucked up from last year. It's going to be an interesting start to the season, is all I'm going to say for the Warriors. Wizards, we kind of know what's going to happen with the Wizards, with the Warriors. like It's, it's going to be fascinating to watch them. For sure. All right. take a quick break. We're going to talk, talk about some messy shit. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja crisp lettuce, and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken, and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tinder Wrap today. Tax not included, limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
1: If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games – It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.
0: And we are back. This is the messy hour, so let's get even more messy. Let's talk about James Harden, who is the only player to have a trade request rollout, like multiple rollouts about how he's going to (laughs) wreak havoc on his teammates, and team that he's he's around. And the latest twist, he just, just said, I'm not coming to practice. I'm just not going to come to practice. I'm not going to. We, we have a plan of like trying to start the season and he just says, I'm going to ghost y'all and I'm going to just be a, not a good teammate. Um, Ramona Shelburne on ESPN. So she has a quote. <laughs> say this is only the beginning of what he plans to do here after not showing up to practice. And honestly, we know all of James Harden's classics from back in the day. We know Ramona's not bluffing when she says this. We know that James isn't bluffing by doing this. What the hell, Raja? Let's go through all of these ways. How does this affect a basketball team? And is this going to turn out well in the way that James thinks is going to turn out? I have, I have no
1: idea about the latter part of that question um as far as the basketball team i think it's really interesting it, it it could be so like you all right at some level from like from like if we're on a scale of one to ten from from level one to seven let's say it's a it's a distraction if we're on that kind of crazy and messiness right like it's a distraction for the team like it's a constant conversation you got joel and up there you know having to answer questions about while james harden isn't at practice um Guys aren't really understanding what's going on like that. It, it can be a distraction, right? That's level one to seven. You get to 7.5 to 10. And I can make a case where people are like, yo, that's just a fucking sideshow, bro. That ain't got nothing to do with us. We're going to close ranks. He's on the outside now. And we ain't worried about that shit. Let's let's will that. It, it'll be a rallying cry for us as, as the group that's going to, you know, go out there and try to win without him. Cause clearly he don't give a shit about us. Do you know? And so, I'm not sure where they're at. I don't know if it's 6.9. I don't know if it's 5.8. I don't know if it's 7.7. But it's 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 definitely not a four. Like he's creeping. So right now I couldn't tell you. Like it's it seems to be a little distracting right now. It's relatively like, I mean, it's not early in this because it went on all summer. But like we're still in we're still in preseason. So as far as the season goes, it's relatively early. But it's quickly approaching. Like look, we don't give a fuck about that. Don't ask us about that shit anymore, man. We're gonna close ranks. He's now on the outside looking in. They'll do with him what they do with him. But it's not going to be a distraction for us. If anything, it's gonna it's gonna you know forge a fire in our belly to 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 win and prove everybody, you know that we can get this done without him. And they better get to that pretty quick because I think he's showing his ass in a way where he's already telling you, like I don't I don't give a damn. I I'll tear this whole shit down to the studs. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, and it's and it's disappointing. And I'm not sitting here acting like I was a choir boy, and you know I was always this, you know, good soldier. And if you ask me, I wasn't always that. I was sometimes, but I I could get sideways and prickly. And you were you were a shit bird.
0: Were you a shitbird sometimes? I, I,
1: yeah, I mean at the at, at the end, I don't think I've said this. I don't think in Utah I was the best version of me at the end. Now I don't think they were the best version of an NBA franchise. I think they were being run like a fucking. An AAU squad, quite frankly, but you know I couldn't control that. I could control me, and I did not act like the best version of myself. I was not a professional, so again, I'm not sitting up here like, you know. But he's he's on a whole nother level now. Yeah, like you just you're not going to do what I say. I, w- I say you I would like you to do, and and so I'm just not going to show up. I'm just going to treat this like. I mean, that's that's. Roger, have you you're ever seen a
0: player fucking put do a trade service? Th- through bottle service. Have you ever seen that? Like, that's like a, that's like a, such an innovative way to fucking trade. You're a professional. house. You're down. a
1: professional. Look, I told, I've told this story before. I know it's different, but you know, Kevin O'Connor after, after, after Tyrone Corbin and I had our, our, our moment in Philadelphia and they sent me back to Utah. Right. He, Kevin O'Connor mm-hmm. called me in when they got back from the trip. Right. And he said, I guess and this is verbatim. He said, I guess you're going to come in and, and say you want to be traded. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that. I was like, uh, you know, I, I was, that was not right. What I did. Like I was, you know, going to apologize for it. Um, you know, I'm an adult. I can get past it. I'm not asking. I can work with, with Tyrone Corbin if he can work with me. And they told me that 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 was going to be able to happen. Now they lied to me right? Like Tyrone Corbin clearly wasn't past that, and they made it their their mission to to just bury me and kind of end my career, but I was still there every day. Yeah. As as a professional that saw what was happening to him and understanding, you know, my part in it and what I did, and now these are the ramifications of it. I was still there.
0: Yeah. Because it's my fucking job. When I think about the James Harden one, first of all, if I'm Philly, and I know they're an active, in, or at least, you know, it's reported that they are in negotiations with the Clippers to send them on a trade, right? Like Sam a friend of the show, um, has some reporting on that. Just that they are still in negotiations. But my thing is this, bro. At this point, if you Philly, better send his, ass home. Send me, his ass home. You better than me, send his ass
1: home. You better than me. I would do that too. I send his ass. I find him. Whatever Whatever was in the league, I'm, hey, okay, cool. How, All right, how bye. About, how about this, James Harden? How about this? This is how it ends for you. I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened. Like, that's what. Yeah, this is how it ends for you. You, you can get the. You can get the Utah Rajah Bell treatment. This is how it ends, my boy.
0: Hey, good for you. You showed your <laughs> ass. This is how it's going to end. My thing is this though, and this is a real question, Rajah. Where is James Harden in three years? Like, there's a world where he has burned so many bridges that people are just like, fuck this. I'm not paying no money for this. Maybe I'll give him the mid-level, but like, I'm not paying for this fucking ego in the locker room. I'm not doing this. This is not, I'm not paying 40-something million for this headache, bro. Fuck that. I'm not going to double down. Well, 1,000%, but I would argue in three in three years
1: with what he showed you in terms of how he takes care of himself and and what he does, I I mean, I don't even know that he's, I don't know that he's not, but I I wouldn't put good money on him being in
0: great shape to be able to help your team in a way that he's worth the risk. He's done like two practices this whole time, and it's not like he's been the model of like work ethic and consistency. He left to go back to Houston. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, great establishments and a lot of great things to do in Houston. Not of which, none of which that I'm thinking of involve a gym and the <laughs> university of, of Houston, especially when you're flying in and out, like you're not working out. So even here, is he going to lock in? It's, it's just, it's so it's wild.
1: It's, I'm so angry about it. And I get so emotional because I'm really, I am disappointed. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed. And I, I don't know the behind closed doors conversations that he had, and promises that were made, and and if you guys really took advantage of him in that way, then shame on them too. Like, but I just I don't know that. So I'm only coming of a place. I'm only coming from a place where you know, as a former athlete, you sign a contract, you you play it out to the best of your ability, um, and you can ask for certain things, and you can and and you can be disgruntled and so on and so forth. But but you can't make a mockery of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's make, he's making a mockery of this thing right now. And I, I'm disappointed in him. I'm I'm disappointed. And I'm telling you, like, maybe that's why it's not maybe I, I could never be a GM because I get emotional about it and I'm 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 trying to spite you. Like that's <laughs> that's so funny, bro. That's what Kevin, that's what Kevin O'Connor, that's what Kevin O'Connor was on at the end. I told you, I've said this before, bro. He definitely like it was it like it what it's not just me, because I tell my story all the time. But I've right. said this before, when he traded Darren Williams after the shit that happened with Jerry Sloan, I was sitting like in those old, used to have those old silver bullet hot tubs and around mm-hmm. the edges of the silver bullet is like a wooden platform. So you could sit there and just put your legs in the hot tub. And yeah. he had traded Darren in Dallas. We were da- Darren's hometown. Darren and I are sitting next to each other on a couch in the training room, Brian Zettler, Gary Briggs, Darren, myself. And we're reading ESPN, like the ticker go across. This is Darren Williams got traded. I looked at Darren like, Oh, he looked at me like, what? And so he got up and that's how we found out he got traded. The next, the next night we got a home game. I'm old. I got my feet in the, in the, in the like whirlpool, like trying to get my calves warm. And I'm sitting there. And <laughs> here comes, <laughs> here comes, uh, here comes Kevin O'Connor's. And he walks by and he, he looked at me and he said, uh, He said, sometimes you get what you deserve, alluding to like trading Darren. uh, Jersey was bad. Jersey was bad. But he, 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 like, wasn't in the meeting. I wasn't in the meeting, but Darren was a good player. There may have been some other opportunities to move Darren to some other
0: more desirable places. Oh, good player at a point in time was considered one of the the best two point guards in the league.
1: (laughs) Didn't sound like Kevin O'Connor's like. Like, didn't sound like he was really looking for the best deal as much as he was looking for somewhere to make make <laughs> there and pay
0: the price. Send his ass to Siberia, bro. Like yeah. that's what that's really what it is, <laughs> bro. That's that's tough, man. That is just tough. Like if just the league is just like a is is a mirror to the world, man. Like sports in general, dog. But I say all that to say is like this is a relationships build business, no matter what. Like yeah. there's gonna be a certain time when James Harden is long old and retired where he's going to want some love where he's going to want some love from a team. He's going to want to like show people like, Hey, remember tell his kids or maybe whoever to go the good old days. And there's going to be a time where he's going to be like, yo, man, I want to go back to Houston. And I'm sure he can go. Houston's a bad example, but like, he could like, and I'm sure time heals all, but get with me on this. There's going to be a time where he's going to want that loving and it's not going to be what he thinks because of all of the stuff that that transpired before then. Now, maybe he'll get it in Houston because Houston is a case where they do have a special bond in that city. And he won a lot of games in that city. But just in the grand scheme of things... It's not gonna be play out the way he does because he is everybody can see he's moving as wrong as he as as he possibly can. And it's not gonna end well in the grand scheme of things because even just how you strategically or lack of strategy went through this, like, bro, you could have just even if you didn't have to opt in, even if you fell some type of way, why you opt in? Like you could have gotten and there's been that. There's been a way he could have handled this where he could have got breaded and the Sixers could have traded him away and it could have been all good. But the way that he has been doing it and the, 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 the pattern that has persisted, it's not going to go the way he thinks it's going to go.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm saying, man, the way he, I mean, to, to defend him, right? And I, I mean, I don't even know how I can make my mouth up to do this, but I'm going to do it.
0: You're going to play devil's advocate as, as you have been. The devil's advocate corner.
1: Be, be, well, because of just what you, what you just said, like with with the ability – to get what he wanted right in front of him and opting not to do that. That's so strange. And it leads me. And then, and then on the backside of that coming out and saying I was lied to and, and really going in, in a way, like we've seen him want to be out of places, but like he's, this is even a little extra for him. Is it not like, like I'm not, it leads me to believe that maybe he was hoodwinked a little bit. Like I don't, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know those conversations. None of us do. Right. But you know, that, that's that's not a rookie mistake for, for James Harden, Logan. That's not no. like my first time around the contractual, like, uh, rodeo where I make this mistake and I'm like, oh, damn it, I won't ever do that again. Like, that's a seasoned vet in terms of, you know, extensions and contracts and, you know, trades and all of that type of shit. Like, you don't make a mistake like that typically.
0: Well, the way that he's done it, right, is like, here's the thing that I think even we forget to realize, even in this like new Gen Z culture or just in general, like these actions stick with you, bro. Like you did an international trade request where even during Adidas event where you have international press there talking about how you want to get traded and how Dale Moria is a liar and all these things that will always stick with you. That clip will always be on, be associated with you. You go into a club and the antics that you think, and you see that that's going to always be with you. That video will always be, it's going to be hilarious and it's always going to be with you. Yep. You are, and people are always going to see that. And so for the, sh- the, the amount of, I don't know, James Harden, but it, a lot of his actions seem a little short-sighted to like I'm just going to get to this point where I'm I can get a trade because the immediate thing I want is out of here. So I'm going to do I'm going to burn it down. But like that may work in the interim, but it's not going to work when you down the line when people like when all of your resume is just out there and you're done and you can't change anything. When you're when your career is all done and you can't change how your career went. That's when you're going to be like, "Fuck, why did I do that? That was so stupid." Mm. That's what I think is going to happen.
1: Well, I'll just sit here and be disappointed. And and I hope it works out for both
0: sides. Um, I'll just be disappointed. All right. Let's get to ruin of the week, which is presented by Ringer TikTok. So make sure you go to the Ringer NBA on TikTok and go check all of that out, okay? Check all the vibes out. There's real ones clips there. There is clips for all the Ringer NBA shows. Austin Rivers out here doing numbers. Shout out to Austin Rivers. They're twice a week as well. I just saw it on Twitter. They are now Tuesdays and uh, Fridays. So Mm -hmm. shout out to them being on the feed twice a week. Good job, Austin. Um, (laughs) Anyways, let's get to real one of the week. I might be taking your real one of the week. Raja, I don't know, but I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Aces, bro. I'm going to go. And I knew you were going to do it. That's why I went first, because I I am an asshole. But listen, 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 listen. The amount of vindication. No, you know what? I'm going to go with Asia motherfucking Wilson. I'm going to go with Asia Wilson. Okay. because, Because the fact that she was robbed of the MVP had better stats, had a better record, and a better overall team all season, and we all got hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray. Right, and to go in and win that shit in New York without the god Chelsea Gray, it was a beautiful scene. Shout out Sydney Coulson. Shout out to all the staff, record label, and the motherfucking crew. What Sydney say? We got dogs on this team. Okay, the Las Vegas Aces. Your twenty twenty three champions, real one of the week. Let's fucking go! Oh man,
1: I don't, I don't even know. Where you to had it, it dog. To. I know you had it. I knew you were ready to go. <laughs> can I just co-sign on that? Can I just co-sign? You, you can
0: co-sign it, dog. That was a great. It was a great win, dog. I, and it uh, has all the characteristics of shit that you like in a team.
1: Yeah, I want to co-sign on that. I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of places I could go for. You know what? I, I'll do one. I'll do one. And then this will be like the Las Vegas aces were my real one, but since I'm on the spot and I don't, I don't really want to piggyback, I'll just go with Baton Rouge. I go with Baton Rouge, Mm. Louisiana. And I, I like, again, everyone here knows, like if you've been listening, that, that my son is, is a young football player and his recruitment has started and so on and so forth. And I show love to all those teams that show love for D straight up. Like my, my fandom as a kid is out the window now. Right? Like, so yeah. I love what he loves if they love him and he loves him back I'm cool. So this particular team kind of falls into the category that shows him love and and he shows them love back, but it's not to marginalize any other team, but the city of Baton Rouge, we went there this past weekend. It was LSU football and they did a great job and and it was live, but but I'm not going to give them necessarily the real ones. I'm going to give it to the city of Baton Rouge, which was mm. bananas, Logan. Like I yeah? I went to I went to Baton Rouge on uh on a recruiting visit, way back in the day, like in 1994. But again, like you said earlier in the pod, like things are a little different when you're an adult and you see them from the adult lens versus the kid lens. Yeah, bro, it was crazy, man. That place, it took us. It, it was, it was insanity, man. It was insanity. They played Auburn. There's 100,000 people
0: just tailgating. Damn, not even in Dog. the damn stadium, bro, and just tailgating. It is nothing like major college football. There's nothing on this planet like major. Division one. No, no, not even division one. I'm, I'm talking about major yes. college fucking football. There's yep. a difference because you see Cal Berkeley is, is D one, but it ain't shit. to when you go down to, to uh, SoCal and go to a USC game, there's nothing like it. Right. It's, and that's on the West coast. So I can only imagine what it's like in the sec, bro. Like it is just, Oh my God. It is a matter of, like immense pride because you especially like a city like baton rouge man it's overlooked all the things but they fucking love their tigers and it's not this is what i love about lsu and it's similar to what i know about like usc in la where you don't even have to go to the school to love it bro no everybody wear lsu gear everyone it is the it is the driver that brings that community together bro and i can only imagine how turnt it was go tigers
1: now, see, you turned it into LSU-centric, man. Like, you turned it into, I said it. I didn't um, do it. You didn't do it. I did it. I did it. You didn't fair, do it. Fair enough. Li- the, the views it was, expressed it was, by bro. Logan
0: Murdoch have no bearing on what Roger Bell thinks or is saying. <laughs> I'm just piggybacking <laughs> on what LSU. I, went, I got caught up in the propaganda. It has nothing to do with him. But it was lit, though. It was lit. It was crazy, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right that has been an edition of our first thursday real ones of the season we'll be back monday with howard motherfucking beck yo people have been talking it's been a little buzz i've been getting a lot of people talking about the beck's Beck's addition to the pod bro yes yeah 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 motherfucking mondays are back um in the meantime make sure you uh check out again ringer tiktok you know the vibes all our millennial listeners all our millennial real ones all our gen z real ones tap in Um, We will talk to you guys very soon. Holla. uh, Bye.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers.